right, guys, if you've got a Bible, I'm going to read this out of the book of Genesis chapter two. It's at the very beginning, so I'm not going to give you very long to turn there. Um, It says in Genesis chapter two, verse 18, it says, then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. The man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. And some of you guys feel that way. Some of you guys feel like I am probably never gonna meet somebody. Like like, the person I'm looking for just doesn't exist. I know, or if you don't feel that way, your mom might feel that way for you. I'm speaking from experience here. Um, now I'm married, like I found her, got her, boom, she's right over there. Um, but for a little while, it was like, I would, when I was in college, I would talk to my mom and she'd be like, so like, am I ever gonna have grandkids? And I was like, I'm 20. <laughs> like I got a lot of life ahead of me before like, before we should really be having this conversation. She's like, well, you haven't dated anybody in a while. And I was like, thanks for reminding me. Mom, um, but no, some of us like, it's like, you're looking and like every single like classes start. And that's probably what you guys are most excited about this year, coming back to like school in person. Cause you can't like troll on zoom and see like, if there's any cute people in your class, like that just doesn't really work. So you show back up and, and I always did this. I would walk into my college classes, my backpack on, and I'd walk in the door and I'd look for like the cutest girl that, that was in the room, I would. And sometimes I was like intimidated and I was like, no, she's out of my league. But sometimes it was like, well, that's where I'm gonna sit because I at least wanna be friends with her, right? And I'll try and play this up in my head. I had no intention of trying to be friends with the cutest girl in the room. I was like, I was interested. Um, and it never worked out. <laughs> Went through five and a half years of college only to, to move 3,000 miles across the country. And, and there's not a single girl that I met while I was in school that it was like, this is it. This is the one. But I was looking. And some of you guys are in like the same spot and you're like trying to figure out like, man, who, who do I want to date? Some of you guys are in this room. I, I, I started going to church for a girl. She was like, you should come to church with me. And I was like, yes, I should go anywhere that you are. And some of you guys might be in this room tonight because a girl was like, hey, you should come to this college group. And you're like, that sounds like exactly where I wanna be, right next to you. (laughs) For some of us in the room, and and guys, I'm gonna talk to you for just a second because I am you. Um... (laughs) There you go. Um, There's this like, there's like a spectrum of like attractiveness and personality and you're trying to find like, that's like some of the two of the most important factors. But then like, there's the umbrella of like, she follows Jesus. She loves God. She cares about God. And that's why you're here tonight. And then there's the umbrella of the same spectrum, but there's not the God piece there. And sometimes we allow the portion of attractiveness overtake what we're looking for and it, it ends up above the Jesus piece. 
And I can say that from experience because there have been times where I've looked for a relationship with someone who was not following Jesus, but I was like, I'm a Christian. And they're like, me too. And I was like, that's good enough for me. And then what ends up happening is, is not good, right? So guys, a lot of us, like that's just kind of where we've been is like, who, like that's the spectrum. You're kind of looking at that. And girls, I have no idea what you're looking for. I'm just not a clue. Maybe, maybe it's the same spectrum. Maybe you're like, who's the cutest guy in the room who's really nice to me? Maybe you've got different standards than that. Maybe you've got different expectations. The unfortunate part is there are a lot of, a lot of young men and young women in the church who are really just not, not showing up for the Lord the way that they really like want to. And that is causing people to look outside the umbrella of Jesus follower for the person that they are hoping to find. When I was single and in college, my mom was like, are you ever gonna get married? Are you ever gonna date anybody? And I was like, mom, I've got three really simple things, like three things that I'm looking for. Like she's just got, she's got to love Jesus. I've got to find her attractive. We've got to get along. And she goes, there's 15,000 students at your school. Half of them are female and you can't find one that fits those three things. My mom, you have no idea, Tristan. My mom is so savage. Um, she doesn't hold back. I, I had a hard time finding what I was looking for because not, not the second two. There was, there was plenty of girls at school that I thought were cute. There was plenty of girls at school that I got along with, but the Jesus piece, that was, that was paramount for me. That was at the very top of the list. And I was like, man, I don't want to be single anymore but I can't find a girl who, who fits all three. I couldn't. And that's where some of you guys are at right now. And you're like, girls, you're like, man, church guys are the worst because like they'll say hey to you and they'll like move chairs at church, but they're not like, they're not what I'm really looking for. I was having a conversation a couple weeks ago about the difference between Christian boys and godly men. And this is, this is not the topic of, of this talk tonight, right? Tonight we're talking about singleness and some of you guys are in here and you don't want to be single another minute. You don't, especially with the holidays coming up. Do you guys, when you were kids, did you remember watching like Frosty the Snowman and like Santa Claus is coming to town and like any of those movies? Did anybody, you guys watch some of that? My parents, my dad still, well, okay. All those movies have now come out on DVD and you could probably just stream them on Netflix or Peacock or whatever. My dad recorded them on a VHS tape when I was a kid because I'm older than all of you. Um, and we would watch them every single year. And they were like fuzzy because they're on a VHS tape, but he would also record the commercials because he would record them off the TV. And every year around Christmas time, there's two, there's two big commercials that start to pop up. And, like, and, and it still happens even now today on Hulu because you guys are in college, you don't pay for no ads. Like, let's just be real here. Um, maybe your parents do, but you don't. And those commercials, people buying Lexuses for each other for Christmas, right? And putting a giant bow on it. I'm gonna warn you right now, if you are ever married and you just like, I'm gonna go buy my spouse a brand new Lexus or Mercedes 
You are asking for a world of hurt in your relationship. That's a promise. There's that. And then there's jewelry. Every kiss begins with K. That is, that, like, before, before Jeff Bezos, every kiss begins with K. Like, that has been part of our culture longer than, than Amazon, longer than the internet. Every kiss begins with K. And for some of us, like, Thanksgiving is coming up and Christmas is coming up and you don't want to be single. And, like, I would always actually try and be single around the holidays because I had no money. And no money means no gifts. And especially like when you're in like high school and when you're in college, like no girl wants like a heartfelt letter for Christmas. Like I'm, I'm wrong. I told you, I don't know what you guys want. I was like, man, I, I, I got, I got no money. Well, you know what? I found the person that I love. So forget you guys. Um, there's that pressure for some of us that like, you're gonna go home maybe for Thanksgiving or Christmas and like your parents are gonna be like, so like, is there like uh, a special someone? And you're gonna be like, no, <laughs> no, I'm going to my room. <laughs> Traveled across the country to come home and see you for Christmas and I don't wanna talk to you anymore. Like there is this social pressure about relationships around the holidays and even like not around the holidays, right? And a lot of us just, we just want a relationship. Or we at least want someone to just like be around us and spend time with us. And I, th I think there is, there's a reason behind that. Man was not created to be alone. We read that in Genesis chapter two. It's not good for man to be alone. God said they could not find a suitable helper. And I don't want you guys to get distracted by like helper and like the less than or more than like, let's, let's be real. We all need help. Some of us more than others, but we all need help. And when you're gonna ask for help, you should ask for help from someone who can actually help you. This is not a person to complete you. This is a person to assist you, right? They're right there. They're, they're, they've got the same goal and mission. We are created to be in community. We're created to be in communion with God, but he has given us this picture of marriage, not as a means to an end, but as a picture of his love for us. Guys, I don't want us to be caught up in a relationship will fix whatever I have going on. But there's pressure there's social pressure. There's, there's pressure on social media. There's, there's, there's pressure in the church. Some of you guys have, have grown up in the church and, and it's been communicated to you in some way or another that like if you're not in a relationship, you're not whole and you're complete. And that is a lie. That is a lie. But what we do is we take that information sometimes and we insert we insert ourselves into that and we're like, well, I need to be in a relationship to be complete. Guys, we were not created to be fulfilled completely by a horizontal relationship. Instead, we were designed to be fulfilled in a vertical relationship between us and God. Philippians chapter one, verse six, it says, and I love this, Paul says, and I am sure of this. He's sure. 
that he who began a good work and you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Jesus began a good work in us and he finished it on the cross. Our value does not come from the relationships between us and the people around us. We have an inherent value given by God. And this world tells us that we need another person to make us complete. Guys, we don't need a person to make us complete. A relationship with the living and holy God, that is completion. That's the picture. And we can't look elsewhere for that fulfillment. We can't. That work that Jesus has done in us, that work is salvation. It is freedom. It is forgiveness. It is joy in the Lord. And some of us spend time in our own heads, and I've been guilty of this as well. We spend time in our own heads and we get distracted from the joy of the Lord because we're not getting what we want tangible. We want someone to share it with. And we've got to get away from that. I read that our culture is consuming the lies of the enemy. And when culture informs our value more than the truth of God's word, we end up living with a stolen joy. Think about that. Have you ever been in one of those situations where everything was fine and then boom, something happens? And it's just like, how can I, how can I possibly like, enjoy whatever is going on. When we live trying to be fulfilled with relationships by peers and people around us, if you are just looking to be dating and you can't find joy because you're not dating someone, you won't find joy because you're looking for it while dating someone. I'm not saying you can't, you can't find joy in the Lord while you're in a relationship but the purpose of a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, or a fiance or a husband or a wife, a spouse, the purpose of them is not to fulfill us and complete us. But a lot of times it feels like something's lacking without it. In fact, guys, scripture actually talks quite often about the benefits of singleness over relationship. In 1 Corinthians chapter seven, Paul is kind of, he's going off and I'm gonna read a few of those verses. Paul writes, to the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. And Paul's really saying, he's like, it's, it's not great for you to, to just be, to be lusting over somebody else. We, we don't want you having sex outside of marriage, but singleness, there's a benefit to that. And he even says, he says, I'm single. He says, I am, I am in the middle of whatever it is that you're going through. There's a benefit to being single. A few verses later in, in chapter seven, verse 28, it says, but if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a betrothed woman marries, she has not sinned. Yet those who marry will have worldly troubles. And I would spare you that. He's saying, I don't want you to have to deal with the struggles and the pain of being in a relationship. Because everyone has them. Healthy relationships have pain and struggles. 
Broken relationships have pain and struggles. And sometimes healthy relationships, because of our own brokenness and sin and even expectations, that can damage and harm a relationship. Instead, in verse 29, Paul says, this is what I mean, brothers, the appointed time has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none. Now that does not mean you should, while you're married, go out and start dating again. That is not the context here. Paul is saying, some of you guys are like, what, really? And some of you guys are like, you better not cheat on me. Um, what Paul is saying is that is that when you are in a relationship, it is not just about you anymore. And if you're in a relationship, if you've been in a relationship, like you've, you've got to consider the other person's time and what they want, what they don't want, where they want to go, all, the, all these different things. And those are not bad things, but it's not just you anymore. But how many times have you seen somebody start dating somebody else and you never see them again? right? Your friends get a boyfriend or girlfriend and they might as well have just fallen off the face of the earth for six months or eight months or a year. That happened with my friend Daniel. He started dating this girl who he ended up, he ended up marrying her and she's great. But like they started dating and he was like, I'm not going to ditch you guys. And I was like, we'll see about that. And after a month, we never hung out anymore. And after a year, he, he called me and he goes, hey man, it's been a while. And I was like, yeah, dude, it has. And I was like, what's going on? Are you and Amy okay? He goes, oh yeah, we're great. We're getting married. And I was like, oh, cool, awesome. He goes, will you be one of my groomsmen? And I was like, well, I haven't talked to you in a year. Sure. I'm like, weddings are fun. That sounds great. And I was a groomsman at his wedding. It was awesome. It was beautiful. They love the Lord. They love each other. They've got three beautiful little girls now. But you know how much time I hung out with him after he got married? Never again. And I'm not just being dramatic here. Like, I'm being honest. I never hung out with him again. He left his wedding. He went on his honeymoon for a week. And I never hung out with him again. And I'm not saying I'm the most important person in his life. I'm really not saying that. But if you, if you look at God and the relationship that you're supposed to have with God, he should be the most important person in your life, in your world. And, and whenever somebody else enters that space, there's this tension. Do I give my focus and my attention to the Lord or do I give it to this someone? And, and where does that overlap? Where does that triangle, where, what, what angle is narrower? Do I spend more time with this other person or do I spend more time with God? Do I lead this other person in following Jesus? Do I pursue Jesus alongside my partner? As relationships are tough and Paul is, is saying, I would spare you from that, from those worldly troubles. And sometimes you, you guys know the line, like, it's not you, it's me, like that breakup line. What if we lived like that before we got into a relationship? Let me explain. It's not you. 
You are not going to be the source of my satisfaction. You are not going to be where all of my attention goes. You are not going to be where all of my time and all of my money and all of my effort and all of my energy goes. It's not you. Because if it's you, then the relationship I have with God is suffering. The other part of that is me. And more importantly than, than just me, it's, it's who is in me. Right? The Holy Spirit resides and lives in us if you are a Jesus follower. So do, do business, do work with the one who literally has taken up shop. He lives in you. Force yourself to spend time with you and God. You got any extroverts in the room? I'm super extroverted. Um, like I don't like grocery shopping by myself. So when I was like single, I just didn't. It's way easier to go through a drive-thru than it is to like even make mac and cheese because then you got to go buy mac and cheese and milk and butter, like PB&J. No, nah, I'm good. Like you just, because I didn't want to be alone. I've been in like the bathroom and I'm like talking to the guy at the urinal next to me and he's just like, I'm, I don't want any part of this. Like Leave me alone. I'm, I'm so extroverted. I want to be around people and I hate being in like those like silent spaces. And a lot of what I did before I moved out here is I just relied on my friends for my relationship with God. My friends were at church. My friends were leading Bible studies. My friends were leading worship. We were doing all this stuff together. We planted a church together and my friends were my world and my relationship with God was built on the backs of my relationships with my friends. No wonder I couldn't find the girl who loved Jesus and was obsessed with the Lord because I wasn't obsessed with the Lord. That was my number one criteria, but I wasn't living in the same space as my expectation for whoever I would be in a relationship with. I worked at church. I was planning this church. I was, I, was, I was doing all of these things and I loved God. I was teaching and preaching and interning at churches and doing all these things, but he was not my priority and my focus. And relationships can do that. Some of us in this room are single and we don't want to be. And I'm telling you right now that, that you might need to be. Not because there's something wrong with you or you're broken, but because you've got to learn to worship God with all of your focus, with all of your energy before you can, before you can be even competent in doing that in a relationship. Complacency is a word that comes to mind. And complacency means that you have no desire to grow. And sometimes relationships can become places where you get complacent. And Rebecca and I talk all the time about like we, even when things are good, like we don't, we don't just want to like be okay with where we're at. We want to continue to grow in our relationship with each other and our relationship with God, the way, that, the way that we pursue God together. And complacency can enter into a relationship with God and damage it. When, um, 
when I was in college, when I was in school, um, I, I dated this girl for, I don't know, eight or nine months or so. Um, and she ended up cheating on me. And that's not fun. Um, what really wasn't fun is like, she didn't cheat on me with like a guy in town. She cheated on me with a guy that lived in Australia that she met online. Um, and this was before Tinder existed. So like, just go with it. Um, like she went out of her way to find this guy online and, and she starts talking to him and flirting with him and there's like pictures back and forth. And then she tells me about it and she doesn't tell me about it like, hey, I need to confess something to you. I've, this is gonna hurt. She like, oh yeah, well, because she got mad at me for something. And I was like, oh, well, bye. Um, like, I don't, I don't want any part of that. And after that breakup, it took a little while, but I was like, you know what? I don't actually want to be in a relationship right now. I need, I need to work on me. I need to work on my relationship with the Lord. Um, and my goal was to be content in my singleness. And I don't know if you guys have ever thought about that or, or heard that phrase before, be content in your singleness. I wanted to be content in my singleness. You know what I was not? I was not content in my singleness. And I know that because every time I walked into a room, my eyes were open. I was looking, I was like, well, like, you know, God, whenever you bring me somebody, it'll be fine. But like, until then, I'm just gonna like keep my eyes open and like kind of see what you got going on. Like, and there was, this was not me being content in my singleness. And then I finally reached a place where I was like, you know what? I'm not actually, I'm not gonna look for a girl. I'm not. And I was great about that for about two months, not very long. And I say two months, like I was, I had my head down. I was doing my thing. I was, I was digging into my relationship with God. My, that was maybe the, the strongest my prayer life has ever been during that period. I was so consumed by prayer and God's, God's word and his truth. And, I, and then I met this girl and her name was Taylor. Um... And I don't know why I said her name. That part does not matter at all. Um, and I met her on campus, but she went to the campus ministry, kind of like this. And she was handing out cupcakes on campus one day. And I was like, well, God, thank you. Amen. <laughs> and I immediately went on Facebook and I was like, all right. What is her last name? So you start stalking and I'm looking and like, does this sound like I'm content in my singleness? No, it, it definitely not. I find her, I send her a friend request and I'm like, hey, thanks for the cupcake. And she's like, yeah, you're welcome. I was like, so like, what you doing later? <laughs> like <laughs> very, very forward. And, and she's like, oh, um, I don't know. And I was like, can I have your number? And then she doesn't respond. Now, like, everybody had a smartphone, but we weren't as consumed with them at this point. And I'm like, well, there it goes. It's gone. It's over. It's done with. And like a day later, she goes, hey, sorry, my phone died and I don't have a charger. 
yeah, here's my number. I'd love to go hang out. And I was like, yes, this is it. And, and so we go out on this date and we have a great time. And I'm like, yes, all right, God, like you've sent me a girl who loves you, who I find attractive and I get along with, this is it. And I'm like, hey, I had a really good time. And she's like, yeah, me too. And I was like, you wanna go out again? And she's like, well, no. It's like, <sighs> like God, what are you trying to do to me right now? And she was like, I think I just, I just, it's not you, it's me. And I was like, oh, all right, God, I see you. I need to be content in my singleness. And I, we just don't talk to each other. It's, I was like, well, it's done. And like, she was awesome, but I wanted to hang out with her because I thought there was a relationship there. And after a month and a half goes by, she reaches out and she's like, hey, I was thinking about you the other day. You want to like go grab dinner or something? And I was like, yes, I'm back in. This is it. And we go out and we have a really good time. And, and afterwards I was like, hey, I had a great time. And she's like, yeah, me too. And I was like, cool, I guess I'll see you around because I wasn't going to make the mistake of like being too eager again. And she was like, yeah, cool, I'll see you around. And the next day she's like, hey, would you want to like go grab coffee tomorrow? And I was like, this is it. God, you have provided a wife for me. And, and we go and we hang out and we have a great time. And afterwards I was like, hey, I'm really feeling a connection. She goes, I'm really not. And I was like, and I was like all right, God. And then it, a couple months goes by and we, we talk here and there and we're, and we're friends and, and we hang out with, with groups and she invites me to her birthday party. And, and this was after we were kind of like talking for a little while and I was like, this, this might be it. Like she, I'm gonna go to her birthday party. And it was this haunted corn maze zombie paintball birthday party. It is so romantic. I mean, there was... It's going to be me and 30 other people. Um, but I was like, this is where I'm going to make my move. <laughs> this, this, story, this story is wild. I, I'm literally about to leave my house and I start like legitimately feeling sick to my stomach. And I'm like, I have to be there. I have to be there. Does this sound like someone who's content in their singleness? No, it does not. This sounds like someone who's trying to find joy in someone else. I call her and I was like, hey, I'm, just, I'm sick. I'm not gonna make it. She's like, oh no, I was really hoping we could hang out. And I was like, me too. And you know what happened that night? After about 30 minutes, I felt fine. And she ended up meeting the guy at her birthday party that night that she married she was not the one for me. As bad as I wanted her to be, as much as I wanted to create this like perfect love story that's gonna go in a Hallmark movie, like that wasn't it. And the guy that she ended up with is a great guy. They've got kids together. They've adopted a child. They're fostering another one. They love the, like they, he, it's great, but that wasn't the person for me. And sometimes we try and force that because it's what we want. Guys, singleness is actually, or can be a blessed place to be. And our discontent with it does not mean that it's bad. It 
in a lot of ways, it, it's showing that we still have room to grow in. And I wanna say this too about singleness is, is not everyone, not everyone ends up happily ever after. That's just not the case. Like, unfortunately, and this is, this is against the church narrative and this is against the cultural narrative, like some people just, just don't find the relationship that they're looking for. And that does not mean that you are undervalued or that you are less than or that you are broken or damaged or anything like that. That's just the way the world works. But again, that relationship, that, that significant other, that person is not what's there to bring us joy. The relationship that you would have with your one day spouse is so that you can get a glimpse of what God's relationship with his church is like. So that you can kind of understand the sacrificial, no holds bar, unending love that God has for his church and for us. If you're in this room and you are single and you don't want to be anymore, Trust in the Lord, whether he brings you that relationship or not. Whether he brings you the perfect person handing out cupcakes. Or if you're like me and you end up as a fourth wheel on a sushi date and you don't even like sushi and she makes fun of you for an hour for not eating sushi at a sushi restaurant. Because that's what happened. Rebecca was very mean to me the first day that we really met. <laughs> And then she asked me this, then she asked me this. So what do you think the Lord has for you? And I was like, she loves Jesus. And I was like, <laughs> she just laughed out loud telling everybody on the podcast, she just laughed in front of me in my face. Um, I w was not, I was not really looking, I w we were not, into each other. I pursued her for probably like a week or two before she even like considered like, uh, I don't know, like, but I finally reached a point where like, I, I really wanted to pursue my relationship with God more than I wanted to find a girlfriend, more than I wanted a per, like, I, and I was new in town. I had no friends. I moved 3000 miles away. I knew three people and I lived with two of them. Like, I had to reach a point where it was like, God, your best for me is your best. And I can't settle for something that's less than your best. I can't make something that's less than God's best work for me because it just won't work. And the, the wildest part about all of it is, is that we have in so many ways, no idea what God's best for us is. And we've just got to be along for the ride, trusting him every single step of the way. If you are single and you hate being single, trust that God has you in a place that you're at right now to grow, to love, to be loved, to learn. And if you're not being pursued by somebody else, you know who pursues you every single day? Jesus.
There's not one time where Jesus says, well, maybe somebody else today. Guys, we, we need to be able to find him when there's not a you and me, but when it's just me, we need to be able to find the Lord because, because the rest won't solve problems. It, it will just expose the insecurities and the struggles we've got. So as this team comes back up and they come to lead us in worship, I want us to, to really just be able to do work and do business with God. And for some of us, what we're gonna need to do is we're, need to, we're gonna need to say like, God, I need to learn to trust you more than I have, not, with, not just with where I'm gonna go to school or, or, or where I'm gonna live, but, but, but God, I need to trust you with the things that I have held on to and the decisions and the, the, the implications and the thoughts that I have, God, I can't place those on you anymore. And I really want us to talk to God. And if you're in a relationship and you're like, well, this doesn't apply to me, well, like it might again one day. It really might. We've got to be able to seek the Lord above all else. And we'll find delight in him when we do that. And it will change what we're looking for.